Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. How to stay Catholic in college. That is the question, and here today is one of our parishioners, Dana Dozen. Hello, parishioners of St. Basil the Great. My name is Dana, as Tommy said, and I have been going to St. Basil since I was born. I was baptized here. My family lives in Bravi Heights. I live with my mom and my dad, and then my brother and sister are older, so they're not around anymore. But yeah, I grew up at St. Basil, attending Life Teen all four years in high school. I am now going to be a junior at Ohio State University studying food, agricultural, and biological engineering. And at Ohio State, I'm involved with St. Paul's Outreach and the Newman Center. Wow. All right. So I will put the question to you directly. Is it even possible to stay Catholic in college nowadays? I certainly hope so. (laughs) Um, Yes. Okay, good. Good. Otherwise, I would have to tell everybody not to go to college. <laughs> Keeping our soul in good relationship with God is more important than a degree it's and true. getting in tons and tons and tons of debt. All right. So how is it possible? How has uh, it been possible for you? Yeah. So I think the one basic thing, it's going to sound so simple and kind of stupid, but prayer. Prayer. Did not see that one coming. No. Yeah. Totally out of left field. Who would think that prayer is important to faith, right? <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, prayer every day is so important. Prayer is like the lifeblood and the breath of our faith. And so if you're not breathing, you're not alive. And that means Mm. your faith is not alive if you're not praying. For me, I found in college, it can get really hard, especially just right when you get there. It's go, go, go. There's lots of change. It's very not destabilizing, but you're just unsure. Lots of new experiences. And so for me, prayer was actually kind of a refuge. Um, When I went, it was something I was familiar with and something I was able to fall back on. Yeah, I think going into college with a plan of when you're going to pray and how you're going to pray is super important. And just making that time every day to pray, especially for me, I found in the mornings was the best time. So just carving out 10 minutes in the morning to just start your day off with a little bit of silence, which is something that's really hard to find in college, Mm -hmm. is super important. Yeah, the transition to college is so tough. You used to have a pretty routine schedule, you know, when you're living at home and you have school every day in high school. But then you get to college and you have, you just make your own schedule. Mm -hmm. And you have to choose what to do. So that's a real tough transition time. So you say you pray best in the mornings. And where do you do that? These past two years, I've lived in the dorms. So I would actually just pray at my desk, which I don't know. I think that's part of the reason that a lot of people find it difficult is because they may think, oh, that's going to be weird. My roommate walks in and I'm like sitting with my head bowed at my desk or something Mm -hmm. like that. But no one's going to say anything. No one's going to care. They could just think whatever. It doesn't even matter. Most people are pretty understandable. And I don't think it should be a problem with your roommates. So like I said, I like to do in the morning. So I would actually try to wake up 10 minutes earlier than my roommates so that it wouldn't feel super awkward and they wouldn't be moving around. I would actually have silence for that time for prayer. So that's kind of how I would try to make time in my schedule. And then another way that I made time for prayer 
was by choosing to go to daily mass because that mass is prayer. You should be praying during mass. So having that time where it was kind of scheduled in and it was 30 minutes, at least I knew a couple of days a week that I would have that time. That was really powerful for me and also a great way to meet people, which is kind of the next thing I think is important for staying Catholic in college is finding community and meeting other people that are going to support you and that believe the same things you do and will encourage you. I know there's a lot of opportunity in new people and new things at college, but I think jumping in the first thing when you get there to college, finding other people and finding the Catholic community there is really important. So Ohio State is a huge place. Tons of students, but you didn't have a Catholic community from St. Basil's all going there. Am I right? Yeah. So you said, okay, I don't know anybody. My roommates may or may not be Catholic. I don't know about the people in my dorm yet, but right away, I got to go find this community and make that connection right away. Yes. That that was the first place I went during the involvement fair. I was like, okay, I'm going to find the Catholic Newman. I had heard about the Newman Center, so I went to the booth. And I signed up for a Bible study, which ended up being really, really amazing. My Bible study leaders were awesome, and I just really clicked with the girls. So they became some of my closest friends in Bible study, and I was able to meet a lot of other people in the bigger community through the Bible study. It was kind of like a little lifeline. They would Mm -hmm. tell me about what events were going on and things like that, and I was able to meet a lot more people. And that's something that is super important because you kind of are who your friends are. So by me finding people who were going to support me and encourage me and be true friends, I was called on to become a better person rather than kind of morphing into some of my other friends because I had other friends outside of Bible study. But by making my church friends, I guess, my true friends, that Mm -hmm. formed me into a better person, I think. And it takes a while a little bit to make friends, right? I remember when I was in freshman year at Ohio University, it was a couple months before I really met the people who I'm still friends with now, you know, 15 years later. It's interesting because everybody's sort of feeling everybody else out and seeing, okay, what are you like? And sometimes you're just hanging out with people just so you're not alone. Mm-hmm. So you're just hanging out with people from the dorm, going to eat together. And then eventually you begin to see, okay... These are not the kind of people I want to hang around with. So don't be afraid or scared. It's like that for everybody. Everybody's on the same page, and it's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, you don't go expecting to be best friends in the first month with anybody because it takes time to build those relationships. Another thing I think is important in terms of finding community is to go on retreats if there are retreats at your college through the um, student ministry there. That was another thing that I thought going through Life Teen 8 for 8, all the retreats I'd been on, I was like, yep, I know what's happening. God, like, (laughs) so much pride there. But thinking like, oh, I've experienced all there is to experience on a retreat, you know. So I still signed up and went, praise God that I did, on The Buckeye Awakening is what they're called at Ohio State. And so my freshman year, I decided to still go. I was like, okay, I guess retreats are just something I do, so I should do this. And again, good way to meet people, which it was. It was a wonderful way to meet people. 
But it also really surprised me. The Holy Spirit really surprised me with the way that he worked and he had so much more for me. So I was just really grateful and blessed to have been able to go on that that retreat. And so don't think that there's not more. Don't think you know everything that's going on. There's always more to learn and more to grow deeper and more people to meet. Definitely. So have you found the environment on college campus to be hostile to people of faith? Or is Ohio State just a big enough community that everybody hangs out in their pockets and they don't really bother anybody? Or have you found real opposition to what you believe and how you live your life? I wouldn't say opposition. I would say maybe some confusion sometimes. (laughs) I think living a true Christian life, Catholic life, is kind of countercultural for sure. People will kind of give you a double take for certain things if I would just be like, oh, yeah. Like someone asked me to hang out on Sunday or do something on Sunday. I'm like, no, I got to go to Mass. And they're like, oh, well, like, can't you just kind of – I can tell they're kind of thinking, well, is, why is that so important to you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I haven't necessarily experienced anyone who was outwardly hostile towards me telling me not to do this, not to do that. I think part of it is because everyone has this idea of you do what you do, I do what I do, and, yeah, we'll you know, leave each other alone. we'll leave each other it's alone. Sorta... In that case, it – is nice that people aren't necessarily openly hostile, but on the other hand, that can cause a lot of problems when there's a relativism. Because then when you're trying to tell people about the truth and share your faith, it can get really hard because they can just shrug it off super easily. That's okay for you. That's your truth. And I have my truth. Mm -hmm. But really, there's one truth and we just have different opinions. Yeah. Now, what about summers? I mean, college can be just such a destabilizing time when you are away for eight months, nine months, and then you come back home and you're living with your parents and that dynamic has changed. How do you stay Catholic in college at home on summer breaks? Mm, On breaks. It's a great question. It definitely is weird coming back because I feel like I've changed, but then when you come back, you can almost fall back into who you used to be. But the ways that I have, I like to try to go to daily mass still um, at St. Basil's. We have the, I think, 7.30. I usually that early. But the 9 a.m. is one of the it's latest. The 7. <laughs> the 7. Okay. seven Ooh, even worse. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. No, I definitely probably won't see me at that one. But the 9 a.m. is one of the latest in the area. So that's really a blessing <laughs> for those of us who like to sleep in. <laughs> kind of the same things of what I was saying with prayer is finding time, especially in the morning. I still like to set out at least like a half an hour just to pray, whether that be reading the Bible or have <laughs> I have a deck of prayer cards. And sometimes my favorite thing to do is just shuffle it up and deal myself a few and see what I get mm-hmm. um, and then use those. So I think just setting out that time in the morning really makes a difference. I can tell the times when I don't have as much time to pray or don't have time to pray in the morning and have to do it later, it really does shape the way your day goes. Even in the summertime, spending time in prayer in the morning, trying to go to daily mass, confession at least once a month, that's something else I would also recommend during the school year too. And you've done a couple interesting things on your summer breaks. Last year, right? Yeah. This year, what have you done? Yeah. So last year, I lived and worked with the Little Sisters of the Poor in Totowa, New Jersey. The Little Sisters run nursing homes for the elderly poor um, and the disabled. So I was working 
with another girl named Monica in New Jersey. And we just helped out around the home doing various tasks, whether it be in the kitchen or with the residents and things like that. We got to do a lot of different things, which was just really, it was beautiful to be able to enter into that. And the little sisters, they live with, they live in the nursing home with the residents. They have kind of an attached convent to it. So we were living in one of almost like a room that would have been used for a resident. We got to live there. I was there for about six weeks last summer. And then this summer, I will be working at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, which is a high adventure summer camp in Centerburg, Ohio, for middle school and high schoolers that, yeah, basically seeks to revive the faith in the next generation and just encourage a deeper faith as well. So. Yeah, we're very lucky to have that so close. It's only like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So if you have a son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, nephew, godson, <laughs> whoever it is, check out their middle school and high school camps because kids come back totally transformed because it's insanely fun. Like Dana said, high adventure with zip lines and jet skis and just crazy, crazy <laughs> big fun but then also some real deep encounter with the living God. Mm-hmm. Now, why did you choose a public university, not a Catholic university? When I was looking and applying for colleges, I definitely was looking more at Catholic colleges originally just because I knew my faith was something important to me and something that I wanted there to be in college, obviously, so a good like support and things like that. But... After touring OSU, I had also toured Dayton and Cincinnati. I think OSU, my reasons for going there was probably more the academic side. They had the major that I was looking for. And in the end, college is kind of supposed to be for academics. That's Mm -hmm. what you go to college for, not to party, not to do all those things. It's actually supposed to be for academics, a misconception held by lots of kids. (laughs) Yeah, so it was for my major. But also I knew... A couple of other friends, actually, who had gone through Life Teen and stuff, and they went to OSU now, and they had told me how great the Catholic community was at OSU. So that was something that I definitely took into account, and that helped me make my decision. So, Dana, you mentioned that you went through Life Teen here at St. Basil's, and that was a good thing for you, and it helped you and your faith? Yeah, Life Teen was probably one of the kickstarters for a real faith life for me. I think in middle school and things like that, uh, my family very beautifully brought me up and taught me how to pray and all those things. But I think in high school was when I kind of took it into my own hands and started to form a relationship, an actual relationship with Jesus. Through Life Teen, I got to just learn a lot more about the faith and have more time to pray and be challenged I also went on Life Teen Leadership Conference, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Life Teen Leadership Conference over the summer, the one year. And I would say that was probably a huge turning point in my faith. So just the opportunities that it afforded and some of the structure it afforded was just really important for me through high school. We are very lucky at St. Basil's to be able to have a full-time staff member, youth minister, who can focus on high school ministry. And that's thanks to our parishioners. Our parishioners and their generosity allows us to be able to have that staff member. And Tim Dollar is doing a great job with Life Teen. So make sure that you support that ministry and Mm -hmm. invite the young people you know to go to that because it really can change a lot of hearts and set people up for the next step 
in their faith life. Mm-hmm. Staying Catholic in college, you're saying the pillars are prayer and community and sacraments. Yes. You mentioned mass and you mentioned confession. So the sum up for prayer is make time. And in community, your main points were jump in first thing. Yeah, I would just say join a Bible study or a club. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, especially in the beginning. Everyone, in the beginning, everyone's joining different things. So showing up without knowing anyone is not something you should shy away from. And lastly, you mentioned the sacraments. Those are the main arteries in the body of Christ. Those seven sacraments are like the seven main vessels just pumping the lifeblood of Jesus into all the different parts of the body, the church, which is us. Well, thank you so much, Dana. Good luck in college. Please pray for Dana, all our young people, and encourage them to get involved, especially in some of these experiences like a retreat or a conference or a mission trip or a summer camp. Those kind of things really go a long way. I was a youth minister for 10 years, and you can teach and teach and catechize, but it's something about being in an experience off your home turf where you're not used to, and that's where really your heart can be opened up and God can get his foot in the door and then swoop in. So thank you so much, Dana. Thank you for having me. And the lesson for all of us is if we keep daily prayer, a Bible, and a rosary, get to Mass at least every week and confession every month, and if we, even us adults, get to a retreat or a pilgrimage every year, that is a recipe for holiness and growth, becoming the people God wants us to be, created us to be, and the world needs us to be. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.